I just slipped through an exam, and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. And, um, you may have noticed the billboards that have appeared on the uni lawn or in other parts uh, and parks and reserves around the city or small text-based signs that accompany those signs, actually, um, around the CBD. Uh, they're part of artist Maggie Cavell's Hidden in Plain Sight project, and Maggie joins us now. Morena. Atamarie, thanks for having me. Yeah, you are more than welcome. Thanks for coming in. How are we today, buddy? Good. I'm caffeinated, so, you know, that's one-one. <laughs> time that's, of the morning. That's, that's <laughs> I know. Everybody comes in and it's this time of the morning, and I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? This is my afternoon. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I suppose... Um, I'll never get used to it. Yes, studying post-grad, you've got a bit more flex, but your hours are all over the show. Yes, true. That's mm. very true. You were probably up till one o'clock doing artwork. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess, I mean, things come to you at different times, right? Mm. And and I, I guess it's not just ideas. Um, I guess for some times it's motivation. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's good to jot stuff down. Um, yeah when you're out about because yeah stuff will just come make connections and um, you can just be out and about um, mm-hmm. and yeah I mean there's a lot of I guess when you're studying art school is kind of a new concept to me yes studying at Dunedin School of Art yes um, yes in the master's program um, but yeah like it's it's interesting going through and having that sort of structure around like a project it's very different to when you're doing it independently. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I wondered that. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of friends that have gone through art school, um, and a lot of friends have left mm-hmm. um, for that reason. Yeah, it's um, like, I, yeah, like I did my undergrad at Otago, so I've got a BA in art history and English history. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> um, and then I did an honours degree in art history, um, but... Down in Dunedin, I was, I've been here since 2010, been away and come back. Um, I guess with Glory Box, which was a collective I was involved in from 2013. Yes. 2017, yeah, Glory Box. That's um, right. Yeah, we, we kind of just got together and sort of culminated lots of different types of events and found spaces. So we were kind of outside that purview of sort of galleries and museums and so we had a lot more um, flexibility around who we went with, what we did. Um, and then, yeah, I went away up north and did a bit more study and then came back and decided instead of doing masters in like museum studies or cultural studies or even art history, that I wanted to sort of push my practice. Um, and I guess too, like talking about your work and being able to defend it if that's the case um, yeah. and that's that art school experience yeah that's get true that right on. yeah yeah. Um, yeah and I suppose too like I'm quite lucky with this project I've got some great supervisors um, Michelle Bevos and Ed Hafling um, Hanfling, sorry Ed um, and the thing is is that yeah they bring their breadth of knowledge to what it is you're doing and you have different lines of inquiry and I guess We've been recently talking about that sort of context of like collaboration and that's sort of, I'm getting a bit, I'm not putting it down, I think it's great and that's what we did with Glory Box, but it's getting a bit tired. Um, people are always sort of coming out, it's like the go-to phrase, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. juxtaposition, juxtapose has been replaced with collaboration. Collaboration. You know? And I'm not being What cynical. happened to Zeitgeist? That was a big one for a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and I think the thing with collaboration is you're always, you are working together for you know a common shared goal, but 
the thing is, is that it's a predetermined outcome. Yes. Um, and there's not much life, or possibly there is, but outside of that project. So once that product or that output is met, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas I quite like the term I'm sort of developing as part of the dissertation theoretical framework, because they like you to sort of throw around. Um creative negotiations, which I think is much more interesting space to occupy or an exchange to um, be associated with. Because you can then contract, if you will, someone to come in with their sort of understanding and expertise and they sort of dig into that part of the project and then they can go. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't have to worry about sort of all meeting together at that point of like that final output because the thing with research project um, so with Dunedin School of Arts two years it's because you're making the work and also researching as well um, it changes and so you are of refining um, but the thing is that you don't have a determined outcome because you don't know yet yeah, which yeah, is yeah. the interesting thing yeah um, right, well, speaking of uh, knowing, um, uh, you, can you tell us all about this project? Of course. Um, so Hidden in Plain Sight centres around mental health and body autonomy issues. Um, I've been refining it already. I'm, I'm in my first year of Masters, so I'm really at, at the start, if you will. Initially I had women, but the thing is that's actually quite binary because what you're doing is you're othering people that don't necessarily associate with that term. Yeah. Um, so I've changed it for now and hopefully I can refine it a little bit better but individuals that identify with being female in New Zealand society I mm -hmm. think is quite important because that extends to our trans communities and also other communities that don't necessarily identify with the cisgender and I think at the moment with stuff that's in the media it's quite important that there is, there is a space that they can come into and be part of um, mm -hmm. And this project as well is all about creating temporary communities. So at the moment, I'm in phase one. So yes, you might have noticed there's some billboards and protest signs um, positioned around um, Dunedin. So this is drop one. Um, they stay up until the 22nd of August. They are at uh, Museum Reserve in front of Otago Museum, uh, Union Lawn at the university, um, and down at Logan Park, just where Union Street is, near the stadium. Yeah, yeah. So this is drop one. You did have a, there were a couple more spaces you were yeah. going to drop. So on the twenty second of August, these move. Yeah. Um, and they'll go to the Oval, Bayfield Park, and Mornington Park. Yeah. yeah. So the idea, if you will, uh, is that they create what you term as creative interventions. So they intervene within an environment and the space. So you happen upon them, um, and they. They sort of initially seem out of out of context, or um, you're sort of like your reaction might be, you know, what what's this? What's this doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what I've done is I've got a QR code um, that people can scan, and it takes you to an information page on my website. Um, it just has the conceptual framework, um, what the artworks are about, the process I had to go through. Um, in Dunedin we have Aratoi through uh, DCC that have a framework around public art and public spaces mm -hmm. um, and it's actually quite tricky <laughs> 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 negotiating um, with the DCC the arts department, uh, Lisa Wilkie I think who heads up or who I've had a lot of contact with is, is fantastic but it's very difficult to get 
art from the studio out into public spaces. Yeah. 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 yeah very much so. Um, there's a trigger warning mm-hmm. with the signs. Why? Yeah. So um, the trigger warning is in place because sort of navigating through that complex territory of mental health and body autonomy, you're going to come up across... Um, motifs, even wording like with some of the protest signs which are actually um, taken from info signs in public spaces like danger ahead, um, keep out, private property and um, putting them together with the billboards which are wallpapered um, and that's because some of the wallpaper ties into things like sexual assault, um, suicide issues, um, depression, um, violence against um, you know individuals. So I guess we have to sort of deliver these messages with care, um, yeah. and that's why as well there are listings for services that advocate on behalf of um, sort of the mental health sector and community organisations. So we, what are you hoping um, the impact of this work will be? Oh, good question. Um, I'm hoping that people will engage. Like I've kind of been <laughs> loitering around, if you will, um, just sort of seeing how many people actually stop and yeah. take the work in. Um, and I guess when you're sort of passing by something as well that might be on your way to work or uni or wherever it is you're going, um, and actually that point where someone engages and interacts with it and what they take away um, It'll be interesting to see because there are other phases further down the track um, over the next few months, six months, that I've kind of got a few other things, activities prepared, like um, I'm scheduling some workshops and what I'd like to do is invite the public, they'll be free uh, to attend all materials provided to make their own protest signs about mental health and body autonomy from their experience um, and also wallpaper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Perkins Gilman's The Yellow Wallpaper Mm -hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that story and how that's evolved in the work yep so that's my conceptual framework if you will Um, and when I was putting together a proposal to um, get into the master's program I sort of had a thought about um, my practice, what I do I've got an illustrative background, I've done a lot of design work um, and Doing, doing stuff for interiors are sort of like, oh, that's really interesting. I'd like to sort of go down that avenue a bit more. And I came across this story, and um, I'm looking at it through a feminist lens. So it's a story of a woman that descends into madness, and she's imprisoned, locked away um, within the private space, so at home in a wallpapered room by her husband, who is a doctor, so he sort of has this position of authority. So... I guess in in a sense you could say that she's um, locked away by the patriarchy Um, Mm. and there's been a lot of debate around the story, a lot of readings into it where um, with wallpaper in particular a lot of colours were done with arsenic which is a poison. So when houses got damp it would emit the vapours and turn people mad Um, but also it had worse effects than that, some people died. Um, So it's this whole debate around the position of mental health and how we interpret it. Um, so some some people have read the story that it's actually about postpartum depression and she just completely sort of loses the plot, if you will. Um, so by putting 
wallpaper patterns on a billboard, you're taking that conversation from the private space and putting it very publicly um, for people to happen across it. Yeah. Nice. Um, so this is an example of relational aesthetics. Mm-hmm. What is relational aesthetics? Yes, very highbrow term. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the academic term. Um, people love to throw that around too. Um, yeah, yeah. For basically social practice, um, yeah. and, and what it what it means in effect, the la- the lay terms and sort of you know paring it down is is where artists are at the, um, not at the centre in the private space, so they are more of a facilitating role, um, and they're looking at people like human relations people's interactions um, that have more of a social context and so projects tend to be more socially based about social ideas um, and they tend to be more events than works Um, but the interesting thing that I'm coming across um, is that and, and also to relational aesthetics came about in the 90s there was a real flux of projects um, and I mean if you want to read a bit more about it I've got some links to some um, a great essay uh, by art historian Claire Bishop that actually goes back and critiques it um, from I think early 2000s and mm-hmm. um, her issue with relational aesthetics was that they didn't really have that political context that activism context that was talked about where some of the project could have possibly had Yeah. Um, and so she, she then sort of takes it into that antagonising position where a work um, has that political and activist context so yeah um, yeah so I mean because there's a QR code you get it directed to your site right so mm-hmm. I wonder can you can you see the metrics on that yeah, there's a bit of um, so it's, it's via Shopify because I I sell um, products. That's right. Um, like amazing coloring products. Coloring inbox and they're such. incredible. Check it yeah. out. Um, yeah, and that's what's actually funded the project because it's not um, being researched. It's not funding based. Although yeah, I am looking at some grants, but yeah, so you get a bit of the analytics. Um, I've also got social media platforms which people are everything's connected in, as you know. Yeah. Um, which people are following the project through, and then cool. that gives you analytics yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. So, I mean, because it is part one, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be other parts. So then we can see at the end of it all, we can see a, um, I don't know how to explain it. But yeah. It's an overarching, yes. um, the project come to a f- fruition and, and you can see how it worked, right? Yeah, I know where you're going with that. Yeah, 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 yeah I don't know yeah, where Yeah, so the, I mean, the trajectory of it is tricky because, as I say, we're just at the start. But yeah. at the moment, I've kind of divided it into three phases because um, it is very complex, um, which, as I said, mental health and body autonomy are very complex territories. Yes. Um, and then bringing the public in um, to help them make the artwork, where the artwork then becomes the data, um, and for those of you following all the academic phrasing, that's um, post-qualitative um, inquiry, mm. which is very performative and based around um, that social, relational, performative action and interaction, if you will. Um, so then it's sort of, where do we go from there? Um, and it'll be really, really interesting to see um, once that sort of dissertation, which is a great component, although when you're writing it you're thinking, when am I going to get to the end of this? But it really helps you refine your um, approaches, like yep. deploying and stuff, um, and presentation and um, even how you, yeah, as I say, bring people on, like with creative negotiations and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So these. Um, so this is part one, and we've got some more parts coming up, and we'll let you know mm-hmm. about those in the future. Uh, and the billboards, as I said before, they're in three sites at the moment over at the Union Lawn here on campus at the uh, Museum Reserve. And the other space right now is Logan Park. Logan Park, mm-hmm. and then they're going to move on the twenty second. Um, you can find out um, details on where on your website. Yeah. So, um, uh, Otago Polytechnic have got some info up and about on their website. Um, I know the Dunedin School of Art have posted on their social. Yeah. Um, I've got social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram, um, and then my website, and it's just Maggie Cavell, tricky surname. That's C O V E L L. Um, yeah. You took me ages to work out how to say it right. <laughs> yeah, and this is years ago I'm talking about. Uh, um, yeah, great. So go interact. Um, you know, it, that's what this kind of work is all about public space work. Um, a, f- a form of opinion. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't censor. I'm no. all about. Um, yeah, some people have kind of come up and had a chat, a bit of a cordial. Feel free. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and hopefully. Once we get into the workshop phase, there'll be lots of kōrero to be had around. Yeah, cool. Sure. Hey, Maggie, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure seeing you, my friend. Thank uh, you. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again um, for part two. Thank you very much, indeed. That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.